Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, moving over to uh, the protest movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. If you look at the stats just alone, the number of whites who now acknowledge that policing uh, has been very unfair, that blacks are segregated out, uh, they are attacked. Uh, excessive force is used on uh, African Americans far more than uh, per capita on uh, white Americans. Uh, and if you look at the number of people who are protesting, 100,000 people in L.A., 200,000 people in the capital, uh, thousands across small towns across the country, even around the world, uh, and a lot of white people, you see those uh, also part of the demonstrations. So we know uh, that white America uh, has now gotten the message. Now, here is the problem. How does that translate into real, real help, real progress, particularly among African-Americans, because <clears throat> they're the ones that have been the most discriminated against? And we've talked about that before, because the history of African-Americans is based on slavery. The first African-Americans that hit the shores of the United States came as slaves, and uh, we have a that's the worst chapter in American history by a long shot, how we have treated African-Americans and the cha- and the thinking, even though we don't believe in slavery. Very few people out there, even the most racist out there, uh, say are not going to say, yeah, I believe in slavery. You should go back to that or the Jim Crow laws or uh, the different sections of a movie theater segregated out, or there should be drinking fountains, one that says colored, one that says white only, uh, that uh, no one is pushing for. But underneath the insidious part of uh, the way we treat African-Americans, that's always been there. The Jim Crow laws uh, prior to the way uh, that, well, even those are going to argue that even the civil rights movement, it has done some help, but not a lot of it. So, uh, what are we going to see? Well, as I was talking to my program director, we had a discussion about this a week ago. Uh, policing is definitely changing. That is, that's a given. We're going to change the way policing is done, and it's going to be much uh, less physical, and there will be much more de-escalation and training, which incidentally, I argue that police departments have to be not only not defunded, but increase their budgets to incorporate new training and new methods. It all costs more money to do that. All right, uh, because a baton is a lot cheaper than another 10 or 15 hours of training a police officer and de-escalation techniques. But the easy stuff is being done. You know, yanking gun with the wind from HBO Max. That's an easy one. Tearing down statues of Confederate generals. That's an easy one. Uh, Changing uh, the names of bases uh, around the country uh, who the names are uh, that of of, uh, Confederate generals, particularly in the South. That's an easy one. Now let's move over to the hard ones. And that is, how do you change the fact that so few African-Americans are in positions of power? 
or go to college or get promoted or get money uh, from venture capitalists? How do you change that? See, that is real stuff. That isn't just yanking uh, gone with the wind. I mean, that's a sop. That really is. That's just, okay, come on. And by the way, gone with the wind is going to come back. Uh, It's just there will be an explanation and there will be a discussion where everybody sits around uh, prior to the film or after the film. Stay stay tuned for our explanation. It's like stay tuned for uh, the what we've edited out, the director's cut, and there'll be a discussion on, gee, is slavery bad or good? Let's discuss. Boy, that's going to be really sophisticated stuff. And by the way, now that Gone with the Wind has been announced, it's going to be pulled temporarily. It's now at the top of Amazon's bestsellers chart. Of course. Of course, David O. Selznick uh, produced it. You know what the O stands for in David O. Selznick? Yes. Nothing. It's just an O. He just put an O in there to what? make it sound better. Uh huh. Just thought I'd say that. Same thing with Harry S. Truman. All right. Uh, I know gerbils. Uh, the point is that uh, it goes very, very deep in terms of education. Why, for example, uh, you go to U- uh, you go to Berkeley, and half the students are Asian Americans. Why is that? All right, it's cultural. It's cultural. And uh, you know why is uh, why does Latin America, for example, uh, the people in Latin America have so many kids? Now I'm a big believer in population control, and I never was going to have more than two kids. How about the families that have eight, nine, ten kids? They're not doing the population of the world any good, uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's cultural. It's that simple. It's Cultural in the way you uh, in the way you grow up and society. African Americans, you know what their culture was? Slavery. That's the culture that came out of. That's what they have to deal with. Uh, Asians, yeah, there were uh, a problem, but nothing like African Americans. But the culture is you go to college. How about Jews? That's another one. Why do you go through what used to be the phone book? And every other name uh, when you're looking for a doctor happens to be Jewish. Why is that? Well, because it's cultural. Because that's simply where they came from, uh, the kind of environment, uh, simply, well, I'll, I'll give you a, a one about the, uh, the Jewish uh, culture. You know why there's so many damn professionals? Uh, I'll tell you why. And I remember, it, you know, I was told this from the time I was a kid. First of all, there's no thing as a Jew that doesn't go to college. When's the last time you met a Jew that's not a college graduate? That's for starters. You haven't. You know why? I knew I was going to college from the time I was five years old. It was just a given. It was just a given. It's a culture. And so overcoming a culture, overcoming the racism, uh, overcoming the way people are treated and acceptance uh, is, is very difficult to do. And that is a very deep-seated problem in America. This is not an easy one. As I've said uh, many times, you won't see true equality. I don't know if you'll ever see true equality, but you certainly won't see it in my lifetime, maybe my kid's lifetime, and African-Americans have to fight it. When you think, for example, of African-Americans going to school, in many cases, it's a question of breaking through. And look how successful this youngster was in breaking through living in the inner cities. You hear that about Asians? No. 
hear that about Jews? Uh, no, there's nothing to break through. Why? Uh, because culturally, every it's it's a given. Everybody goes to school. And even with affirmative action, when affirmative action was around, even that was no great success. And when they talk about, and when you talk about the activists saying we need more money in the inner city, we need more money for communities, uh, policing and community efforts and community services, we've been there before. Look at the Great Society with Lyndon Johnson. Money was pouring in. Any great success? Not particularly. So this problem goes very, very deep. And even though the superficial stuff is, uh, okay, it makes a point. It's There's no question about that. Better to make a point than not make a point. But if people think that's going to be the answer, not even close. All right. Uh, one of the uh, big controversies is uh, the use of batons, non-lethal weapon by the police. And quite often, if you look at LAPD and what they're doing, Uh, It appears to violate the rules in the way batons are used and when they're used. And so, again, let me go back to argue that if that's the case, uh, training, 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 and more training. You know, LAPD, 33 uh, weeks, actually 26 weeks in the academy, uh, six months. There are police forces in Europe where it's three years of training. It's a bachelor's degree in policing. Before they're allowed on the force. How much money do you think that takes? A lot. So let's defund the police, right? Uh, now, I, I want to put you in, in the police force for a moment. And there you are at a protest. And you're one of the riot police. And you are standing there with your shield. And uh, then uh, enough people come up where there's an order to disperse. So an unlawful assembly. Right, unless you, there's no such thing as calling unlawful assemblies anymore. That disappears, which I'm assuming a lot of people are arguing that. So there you are with your shield, just putting you there for a moment, and the protesters come up to you, and you're holding on. They're coming up, and bricks and rocks are being thrown at you. Uh, what do you do? Well, according to many protos, prote- protesters, you just stand there. Or you leave. What do you do with uh, looters? Well, if it's overwhelming numbers, the police just look at them, stealing everything they can and destroying a business, which people have spent a lifetime, uh, a life savings creating, because that doesn't matter. Do the police protect those businesses? How do they do it? Well, they're not going to shoot them. Are they going to do it if uh, the people, if uh, the looters don't comply? Do you just let them go? How about torching a building? Are you allowed to take a baton and uh, start smashing someone's knees? And look at the adrenaline that's going at that time. I mean, police, they're human beings. They're going crazy. Where do you stop? How do you stop? At what point do you realize uh, that you cross the line? And do you have the wherewithal to do that? Imagine the panic that's going on. Police get shot at. Not very often, but how do they react? So there really is another side. 
it's not simply the police bashing in heads. And you can't use uh, or the using non-lethal, which tends to hurt people. You get it in the eye, you get it in the head. Uh, there are rules. Can't use them under five feet away. Uh, you can aim for the belt, and that's all you're allowed to do. So you can't go for the head. You can't go for anything other than uh, right there in the middle of the body. And uh, is there an answer there? Yeah, insane, insane uh, training. And even then, you know, it's, it, none, none of this is easy. You know, we're really good. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At saying what you can't do. Have you noticed that? It's the protesters saying you can't do this. You can't do that. You shouldn't do this. All right. What should you do? No answer. Defund the police. Okay. What do you replace it with? Disband the police. What do you replace them with? Don't have an answer yet. Same thing with the batons. All right. What do you do? I mean, you can't use non-lethal anymore. You can't use batons. What do the police do? So just, you know, there, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. it nothing is one-sided. All right, I wouldn't want to be on that front line. That's, that's for sure. And if I panic, if uh, I react wrongly, because, of course, I'm not a human being, so I have to do everything perfectly, uh, then I'm in trouble. And then I either go to jail I'm charged with excessive force if I do it wrong. If I go over the line, and people never go over the line when they're panicked or they don't know what's going on or caught up in the moment because that's what the looters say is uh, these are people in many cases, and they've done interviews with these folks, protesters who all of a sudden turn around and start acting out, got caught up in the moment. All right, we've been uh, listening to a tremendous number of protesters talking about reforming the police and specifically people that actually are paying attention saying that there are other ways of dealing with uh, police calls and dealing with issues that the police normally go to. And, uh, and a lot of them, uh, this is the one that I love. Uh, the Minneapolis city council voted to disband the police department entirely uh, other cities around the country are looking at defunding the police department. And I guess one of the ways of saving money is simply not having the police come out uh, when there is a nonviolent call. For example, domestic, uh, if, if you're talking about a domestic dispute, the, the police come out. Someone calls up and we're in a domestic uh, dispute 
And I don't know of any domestic dispute where uh, police is called simply saying we have a disagreement going on. There is either a threat. He's threatening to kill me. He has a weapon. So I don't quite understand how the police wouldn't be called out. But the argument is that under certain circumstances, and I don't know how you define what those circumstances are, or who makes that call, uh, the first responders are not the police. And I told you yesterday about Camden, New Jersey, in terms of how they deal with the policing. There has been uh, one community-based uh, uh, program, crisis program, that employ first responders that are not police to address disturbances where crimes are not being committed. It's called CAHOOTS, Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets. I love these acronyms. It's Eugene, Oregon. Been doing this for 31 years. And it has to do with people going through a mental health crisis. That's really where it's limited to. When someone is going through a mental health crisis, substance abuse, uh, people that are homeless, police show up. That often escalates, and the use of force, this is where uh, it happens, uh, can be disproportionate. Of course, especially towards black people, and we know that. And uh, here is uh, the problem, and this is the answer for many people. Don't have the police show up. Well, Cahoots talks about simply mental health and homelessness, where many of the protesters, many of the advocates that are trying to either uh, reduce the police force or disband it entirely are saying that the police should not show up at so many of these. You bring out the mental health practitioners. You bring out the well-trained de-escalators, people who can deal with this, Uh, but only when it's not criminal. So I imagine that it's uh, going to be the dispatcher who makes that determination whether or not to send out the police. And that dispatcher has to be well-trained and accept the nuances of what's going on, ask a whole series of questions. And again, I go back to domestic disputes. That seems to be the big one. Uh, Or someone who's clearly mentally ill or someone who is running around uh, and I remember once uh, there was, I was coming into work and there was a woman in my uh, neighborhood who was in uh, a nightgown, uh, four o'clock in the morning coming to work. She was in a nightgown screaming and going down the street. And I immediately called 911 and I said, look who it is. And it was, the police showed up. She clearly wasn't in any danger. So under a cahoots program, they would bring out a first responder to figure out what's going on without the police. Why? Because if, uh, let's say the woman resisted and would not deal with uh, the first responder, couldn't de-escalate, had a conversation where she, she was clearly on some kind of drugs. I mean, she was out of it. And uh, let's say she didn't comply. Now what happens? You call the police. You call the paramedics. So while... It makes sense to not use the police when they're not needed. How do you know when the police are not needed? And that's a question that I can't answer. Although if you look at Eugene, Oregon, a little over 1% of the police department's budget goes to this program. 
And this is um, dispatched for calls like welfare checks or potential overdoses. Well, you call the uh, the paramedics on that one. I mean, I don't know how many people, how many police officers would show up if you made the phone call saying someone is frothing at the mouth on uh, uh, on his back and flopping around. Is that a police issue? No. But if you look at the stats of uh, the Eugene program, uh, crime is down dramatically. But then crime has been down dramatically across the country. You look at the number of deaths have gone way down. Now, they have ticked upwards, but uh, relative to the the 70s, the 80s, uh, the early 2000s, we're much, much better off. So I'm fine with not using the police when you don't need the police. But you make the decision that you don't need the police. And when you're wrong, someone is hurt or gets killed. And then in hindsight, you go, wait a minute, we should have called the police. All right. uh, Well, let's uh, talk for a moment about uh, just reinventing police forces. And we look at a couple places. And yesterday I talked, a couple days ago, I talked about Camden, New Jersey, uh, that did disband its police force completely. And then change it and brought in more community-oriented policing, which uh, seems to work. Uh, It's expensive. And for those people that are looking at defunding police departments and moving the money away from them, but at the same time want the police to be uh, more attentive to community issues, it's sort of how do you put, you know, 10 pounds in a five-pound bag kind of thing. And there have been, uh, there have been places where entire, uh, entire police forces have been uh, disbanded. Uh, One of them is Georgia, not the state of Georgia, but the Caucasus, Georgia, which used to be part of the Soviet Union. Uh, There, because of corruption, and the same thing in Camden, it's not because of excessive police force. It's because of corruption that they changed the police force, disbanded it, and reinvented it. The problem also always seems to be, well, what do you do? Because if you're going to disband the police... And you are going to hire a whole new police force. And I'll say that in certain areas, uh, yeah, you have a police force that's no good, top to bottom corrupt. What do you do in the meantime? You can contract out to another police force nearby. For example, cities already in L.A. County contract out with uh, county sheriffs because they don't want to pay for their own police departments. It's expensive. That's one way of doing it. The other way is simply changing how uh, policemen learn to be policemen. For example, in Germany, uh, German police recruits don't go to the academy. They go to the German police university. Why? Because it's two and a half years to be a policeman. Here in the United States, it can be as low as 31 weeks. I think I don't know what LAPD does. I think it's a matter of six months and you're out of the academy, something along those lines. And tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, basic training in Germany to become an officer. And with an option for another year to pursue the equivalent of a bachelor's degree or go to a master's degree in policing. We're talking about the, the guys out on the street. And the German police university training covers everything from how to respond to cases of domestic violence, how to disarm someone with a lethal weapon, not using weapons, not shooting, 
uh, resorting to lethal force only when it is absolutely, absolutely necessary, which is virtually all the police forces around the country. Oh, there's plenty of training in not going to lethal, uh, going to a, a lethal force level. Although I would argue that there has to be a lot more. But here is the difference. When the police are called for a domestic dispute, you know what the assumption has to be? And I've talked to plenty of cops that there's going to be a weapon involved. In Europe, they're, they don't worry about weapons being used because no one has guns. We are a gun culture. And it is easier to get a gun. That's a little harder now than to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. But it's very easy to get a, a weapon. You can get them on the internet. Uh, especially you have those uh, phantom weapons, those ghost weapons that you buy and you can... With just a couple of hours, maybe half an hour, you've got yourself a manufactured AR-15 assault weapon or other or any other kind of weapon that you can just mill the little part. Now you have a full weapon. It's And people have lots of guns. So the cops there don't have to worry about it. It is harder to be a policeman here in the United States. We happen to be a pretty violent culture. You know, we were created out of a revolution with the armed militia, the armed citizen. I mean, that's we're, that's baked into our culture. Well, the police have to deal with that. And so the answer is, as I've said this before, training. Tra- hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Training, training, and more training. And in the end, if you have to lose, use lethal force, use lethal force as a, an officer. Now, keep in mind, whenever that decision is made, that's not well thought out. That is not a reasoned thought. Hmm, do I use lethal force? What do you think? And have a discussion with uh, the other cop that's with you. So what do you think, Fred? Should we uh, use lethal force? I don't know. Let's think about it. Well, what are the uh, the positives and the negatives of out of it? Uh, coming out of uh, the situation. Well, let's look at it very carefully. You think that happens? All right. Uh, moving towards the coronavirus and what's happening and it's... Almost contradictory. It's a mess that's happening. That's what's going on. Boy, what a year, 2020, huh? All right. Uh, The novel uh, or the novel coronavirus is no longer a novelty. It's with us now. And we're six months since the outbreak began in Wuhan, China. Three months after the formal designation as a pandemic, nearly every single corner of the world has been touched. Billions of people around the world were in lockdowns and shutdowns, economies across the world cratered. So what's going on now? Well, economies are coming back and it's as if there is no virus. And you have daily life coming back, restaurants opening up, 
Uh, you have uh, venues opening up, Disneyland. Uh, we just talked about Disneyland. They're already open uh, in Orlando, parts of uh, uh, those parks. And so uh, the work the work way, the work day is reasserting itself, and here we are. Here's the problem. The infectious disease specialists who were not paying attention uh, attention to said this virus uh, is smoldering. And it could flare. We're already seeing that. It is spiking. Then they're saying it could flare. It'll subside. It'll reappear for a very long time to come. And even after a vaccine is available. In the U.S. and Europe, new infections have slowed. But in the world as a whole, they're going up and fast. Pakistan, South Africa, Brazil, Russia... On Sunday last, uh, the World Health Organization reported the largest single-day number of new cases around the world, 136,000 of them. Now, some success, success stories out there. New Zealand, the only country which uh, pronounced the virus is eradicated. But New Zealand, <clears throat> try to visit New Zealand uh, for a two-week vacation. You know where you're going to stay? In a hotel under quarantine for your two-week vacation. Same thing with Vietnam. You know, Vietnam, if you look at that, they have virtually, I think, 300 cases, no deaths. Why? Well, go take a trip to Vietnam. You'll enjoy the hotel room because that's where you're going to stay. And where the situation is getting very serious, what's going on? Government denials of the outbreak, gravity, rejection of uh, the shutdowns because they're so costly, And what ends up happening, that means social distancing disappears. Uh, That means that businesses are roaring back. And that means, according to all the experts, uh, the virus increasing. Uh, Dr. Fauci, who is uh, the expert on this as far as the U.S. is concerned, said in a span of just a few months, uh, the virus has devastated the world. He said it just took over the planet. And it isn't over yet. It's his worst nightmare, he said. And right now, you've got, uh, where is it? You have South uh, Asia. You have hotspots. India is going crazy. Um, We're still well well ahead of everybody else. We're a third of the deaths around the world. Or at least, what, 25%. I mean, it's crazy. Brazil is on its way. Russia, well, Brazil, where my niece came back. Uh, from Brazil a couple of weeks ago, and her boyfriend was supposed to come back, and he had beat the deadline by a day. They changed the deadline. He's still there. And my niece was able to come back. They're scared to death down there because it is exploding. And the government has, uh, well, for a day, has shut down all the data because the numbers were so extraordinary. Bolsonaro, the president, is nuts. And he started with, this is just a light flu. As the pandemic was raging. And he still, he goes to these events. He's totally in favor of everybody close to each other. He goes to these rallies, shake hands with everybody, hugs people. The only reason there's any controls, it's the mayors and the governors in Brazil that are mandating the issue. So it's, uh, it's not doing well. And you're going to see, I guarantee you, there's going to be a spike because we're going back to normal or the new normal. And I'm not making a value judgment here. It's 
deciding what's more important, the economy? And is it worth the economy not tanking and not being destroyed for several thousand cases, tens of thousands of deaths? That's the cost. And boy, if you don't have the virus or know anybody who does, do you think you should go back to work? Especially when that extra $600 a week runs out? What do you think? Well, I think there's tons. It depends on whether you're working also. If you're working, eh, let's keep it safe. If you're not working and you're looking at a utility bill you can't afford to pay, well, I'll take the chance. All right, vaccine. When the president announced last month that a vaccine against uh, the new virus could be available by the end of the year or sooner, uh, I, along with many other people, take anything the president says with uh, several boxes of salt. Uh, In this one, however, he may be on point, assuming everything goes very well. Assuming that all of the the dots are connected and everything falls into place. And here's the problem. The search for vaccine often ends in failure. And successful uh, efforts have always taken years. So when he said that, it was improbable, maybe impossible, that we would have a new virus even by January. But there's a company called Moderna. A pharmaceutical company announced they had made some very early promising progress and could have a vaccine by uh, this winter before the end of the year. So here's the question. Can a vaccine be ready by the end of the year? Uh, Maybe. Even Dr. Anthony Fauci says possibly. And so uh, what Fauci and others believe that there is a doable, hugely expensive blueprint how vaccines uh, could be safely tested. Brand new way of doing it and manufactured in a matter of months. Uh, This was Operation Warp Speed under the president. Federal government is throwing money at this, and rightly so, has been invested heavily in several different efforts. And Fauci said, man, this is all brand new. Uh, Having a vaccine by winter, we could do it. Uh, And all the safeguards, for the most part, have to be waived, even though uh, they're following protocol, just doing it much, much quicker. Because here's why. Uh, Within days of the Chinese officials releasing the genetic code, a team of researchers from Moderna and uh, the NIH, National Institute of Health, devised a possible vaccine based on the genetic machinery of the virus. Moderna has been working for years on this. Never used it to make a human vaccine, but was able to apply it to the new virus within two months. And then scientists at Oxford University, as well as groups in China, were able to get out of the gate very quickly to begin testing based on this uh, genetic uh, machinery that was discovered. Uh, Now, the early phases of the test are not meant to find out if it works or not. It's to figure out the safety. Is this thing going to kill you? Are the side effects going to be uh, so extraordinary that they outweigh the efficacy? In other words, that may be more dangerous to take the medicine than having the uh, virus itself. And then later on, and we're now in the later phase, starting uh, just about now because they rush through the safety. uh, Now, 
the volunteers, and we're talking in the realm of 30,000 volunteers, half of them given placebos and the other half given the actual vaccine. There are five potential ones that are being considered by the U.S., and probably all five are going to uh, be utilized because the manufacturer, after a vaccine has been tested, deemed uh, that it has efficacy, it works, is relatively safe, there'll always be side effects, then uh, the manufacture of hundreds of millions of doses have to be made. And what's going on right now is there are companies that are manufacturing vaccines, potential vaccines now, in in anticipation of uh, the release of uh, one of them. And uh, if not, they've got tens of millions of doses they're going to just throw out. So this thing is moving at such a rapid pace, and it has to. It absolutely has to. So that's what's happening. The entire world is throwing money at this. I mean, look at the labs that are creating these different vaccines. The U.S., we have five. There are hundreds of labs out there. Uh, The big ones are Moderna, I think uh, AstraZeneca out of Oxford, and a few others. And then the issue is going to be how much is it all going to cost? And I guarantee you, whoever comes up with it is not going to charge $500 a dose. That's not going to happen on this one. The political fallout will be just too insane. All right. Uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden running for the presidency. And I have never seen two so diametrically opposed campaigns. Forget about even the philosophy. And quite often, different philosophies tend to meld because uh, each candidate across the board tries to go towards the middle to grab as many people as they can. Not a chance here, particularly with uh, the president. And so uh, just in this protest movement, look at the different approaches that the two candidates have taken. We start with Tuesday and President Trump suggested without any evidence whatsoever, not an iota of evidence that that 75-year-old protester in Buffalo who was pushed to the ground by the cops and, of course, bled out of his ear, uh, may have been part of a setup coordinated by anti-fascist demonstrators. Now, when uh, the press secretary, uh, the president's press secretary, uh, was asked about this, she said, all he's doing is asking a question. He's certainly allowed to ask a question as any American. Hmm. Hours later, uh, Joe Biden's address address was played at the funeral of George Floyd. And what he said is, why in this nation do too many black Americans wake up knowing they could lose their life in the course of just living their life? We can't turn away. We must not turn away. Two different approaches. The president downplaying the severity of the protests, arguing there is a political a movement here, not simply African-Americans and others decrying the way African-Americans have been treated by the police and societally speaking. Nope, this is about the Antifa movement trying to un, uh, to derail his presidential campaign. Last week, same uh, contract, a uh, contrast. Uh, Biden is praying with a black with the black clergy inside of a church. Listen, took notes, 
uh, and sometimes they had to answer some questions that were combative. And then the group posed for a cro- uh, photo. He took a knee. I mean, yeah, pretty cheesy. I mean, that's uh, immediately I assume this was a cheap political stunt. Uh, but then again, what isn't when you're running for president? Uh, hours after that, right, the photo of Joe Biden comes out taking a knee with uh, black clergy. Hours later, the president marches through Lafayette Square after the uh, what is being described largely peaceful protesters had been aggressively cleared out by federal troops. And there is that infamous pose of the president standing in front of the church displaying a Bible. And I don't know what's going to happen with that. Here's what's happening. Biden and Trump are speaking to entirely different sets of voters. Uh, That picture of him in front of the Bible, in front of the church with the Bible, supporters see him uh, as a strength. He's clutching the Bible. It shows that he cares about uh, religious freedom, that he cares about the right to life movement, because this, which is hilarious, because Trump is the last person that really gives a rats, but it doesn't matter. Uh, And if he's standing with heavily armed police, he is uh, signifying, he is representing the pro-police, pro-America, protesters are fringy people, right? So uh, the Republicans see him as strength. Uh, Democrats see a tyrant who picks at the country's racial wounds. Uh, Biden supporters see an empathetic, uh, empathic leader. Republicans see a coward. And both sides are betting that the approach they've chosen is going to win. Biden and top Democrats uh, believe and say uh, systemic racism does exist. Republicans from Trump all the way down have cast the Floyd killing as an isolated incident. And Trump has clearly aligned himself with the police officers. And here's why. Let's look at the politics. Trump leads a party that is heavily white, older, conservative. Biden is going for the multiracial, younger, liberal crowd. They're navigating this as all of us are. So over the past week, Biden took out $5 million in Facebook ads, four times more than Trump. And there are the two images. Trump holding the Bible, surrounded by armed police. Biden kneeling to talk to a young black boy. There it is. That's the difference. Now, Trump has run ads claiming he has driven black poverty rates to record lows, secured record funding for uh, historically black colleges and universities, and passed criminal justice reform. You think that's going to fly with the African-American community? Not at all. Because there is just too much on the anti-black side of Trump. There's just too much uh, that's going on. And saying I've done more than any other president to help the African-Americans in this country. That is a tough one. That truly is. Also, Trump, well, I don't know if he's got problems with this, but uh, he's tried to argue that Biden was wrong to write that 1994 crime bill which led to more cops, uh, more levels of African-American incarceration, also accused him of wanting to defund the police. So he likes the police. He doesn't like the police. Biden said, I'm not going to defund the police. I don't support that, but it doesn't matter. 
Uh, Trump has said he wants to defund the police. But again, even if Biden says, no, I don't want to, I've never wanted to, it doesn't matter. The accusation is there. And it's believed by Trump supporters. That 75-year-old man who was pushed down, number one, was an Antifa protester. And he really wasn't pushed. He fell down in order to make it look like he was pushed. What Biden has done is avoid discussing his role in the 1994 uh, crime bill because uh, blacks just don't like it because it caused uh, a huge surge of incarceration and going after African-Americans. So um, there it is. There is the difference. Which way is it going to go? Trump is clearly going after his base. But if he is limiting himself only to his base, he didn't get elected just by his base. He got elected by other groups, which it looks like right now, and I'm guessing this is going to keep uh, continue if, if uh, the president keeps on going where he's going, uh, all those groups are going to move away. The only way I believe that uh, the president uh, can win this race is by the low turnout for Joe Biden. But I'm seeing the black community becoming more and more entrenched. And if Biden can connect with uh, the black community uh, to engage them to vote. Right now, we don't know how many voters there are. A lot of protesters, young people don't vote. Old, elderly, white, conservative people vote. So we'll see if we can translate it. What you are going to see is a turnout the vote uh, movement by the Democratic Party that is going to be extraordinary. All right, Confederate statues. Here we go. It's 2020. This has been around for a long time. It's just reached a new level. Most of the statues were put up in the 1890s, incidentally. Uh, and most of them were uh, put up by you know daughters of the Confederacy, those women's groups that wanted to honor Confederate generals. I, I don't know if those organizations are still around. I think they are. You know, daughters of the Confederate veterans or whatever they are. I mean, just... Totally crazy people that, for some reason, are still upset that the South lost the war. And some are still, uh, don't even recognize the South lost the war. And so, as these have gone up, and it's not as if they're not keeping on building them. Now, they haven't for a while, but even in the 50s, they were putting them up. Uh, Have you seen the video? Uh, The Confederate monuments are uh, coming down. Actually, more than 30 in the past two decades And even though uh, seven Southern states have passed laws making it tougher to get rid of statues, for example, 2017, Alabama prohibits the relocation, removal, alteration, renaming, or disturbing of monuments that have been standing for more than 40 years. As recently as three years ago, those monuments weren't, uh, weren't going to be moved. Well, as you can imagine... There are lots and lots of people that are very, very upset. And that's one of uh, uh, the side stories of the Black Lives Matter movement because the tearing down of those monuments, and we looked at it, and it was only people that were, again, a little bit fringy. Not crazy fringy, but protesters, et cetera. Now it's mainstream. Now the number of people, the percentage of people go, yeah, bring them down, is huge. I was one of the people that actually defended keeping them up. 
I said, hey, this is history. And uh, it's, come on. You know, aren't you going to recognize that there are, that there it was a confederacy and there were generals and this is the South? Except the argument is there are certain symbols uh, that leave people uh, so moved in one way or the other. And this is exactly the way I view my partnership uh, with uh, both my partners. And we do a one to ten. I have a decision. Uh, she has a decision. We're both on the other side. And the question is asked, how important is this to you? It's an eight. Well, to me, it's a six. All right. Well, you win because it's more important. I ask the same thing in the South. How important is it? And I'm not talking about the, the people that are, you know, insanely Confederate, uh, Confederate followers. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the general population. How important it is it? to have a statue of Robert E. Lee up there, right? I mean, literally, you look at that, how important is it? Okay, it's a, it's a six. It's a seven. Ask an African-American, how important is it for you to, it, that you dislike and what it represents and how it makes you feel? That's a 10. And it's just a question of, and, and, and it's not crazy, by the way, to argue that a statue to a Confederate general uh, has some impact on the black community. You know, you look at a noose hanging from a tree, all right? As offensive as that is, <clears throat> uh, it's more historical than it is uh, anything else to me. I don't have this visceral, deep hatred and response I do when I see a, a picture of the camps in Europe. That hits me right there. Well, as these statues hit the uh, African-American community right there, you have to look at it again. You know, am I okay with the statues? Yeah, I don't care. Uh, are you okay with the statues? No, I am not. So it's simply respecting and legitimately respecting uh, a group of Americans that are fairly important to us, like 13% of the entire population. And how many pro-Confederate people are out there? How many people, How what percentage of people out there think that a statue of Robert E. Lee is the most important thing you can put in that town square? This is KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.